the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. And this is episode 55. And we're on the road again with... Benji. And Kaylee. Here in Tulsa. Broken Arrow. Oh, well. They're actually not on the road, but we are, and this is episode 56. We're making our uh, return appearance. No, 56. 55. 55. This is episode 55. And I can't drive 55. That's right. So if you need to listen to that, that's not Ronnie Montrose. Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. Thank you. So, we're on a trip here across to Memphis, stop by Tulsa on the way out to see Benji and Nashville. Sweetheart. Uh, Whatever it is. Do you need some caffeine? The drugs are taking effect. (laughs) The drugs are going to Nashville. Nashville. Via Tulsa, to and from. There we go. Because our darlings who live in Tulsa are letting us stay the night or two with them. And Actually, Dan, I don't know if he said this to you guys out loud, but he said... Feels kind of like we're circuit rider preachers because we're we're on the road to visit our some of our children and encourage all encourage each other. <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun. There we go. <clears throat> so glad you're joining us today, everybody. We're going to talk about love. The love boat. No, not that. Is that kind of love? Not really. That's kind of a cheesy thing. <laughs> Shout out to Dave and Sherry who used to love to watch The Love Boat Me all too. the time. Every Sunday night is awesome. It was a terrible show <laughs> in the what, it was 70s. Not terrible. Yes. It was this cruise ship and people would uh, go out on the cruise ship and everybody would fall in love and there would be some cheesy love story and Aww. stuff like that. But who was the week. captain? Captain Darren McGavin. No, not Darren McGavin. He was the... I shouldn't have asked you. This is like my brain doesn't function today. Get Darren something. Anyway, some of you will know what the love boat is. The is rest right? of you are going to have to look it up. Captain <laughs> Steubing was his character yeah, name. Yeah, Captain Steubing. Anyway. Oh, yes. this wasn't a reality show? No. No, I guess this that was, was before that. Uh, no, that would be is, much more interesting than a reality <laughs> show. No, this came out the same time. You also had Fantasy Island. Welcome to Fantasy yeah. Island. They were back to back. Anyway, look, boss, the plane. That the plane. is not the... This is not what we're talking about. No. (laughs) I was kind of inspired today. We went to the, uh, to Benji and Kaylee's church. I got to think about whose names I'm saying and where I'm at. Seeing apparently I just got up from a nap. So I might, (laughs) might not be fully conscious. So, uh, yeah, we went to their church, home church in Broken Arrow. And, uh, we were singing a song. And one of the things that struck me, and I'm not, this isn't a complainy thing, but it was talking about, you know, what did I do to deserve your love? And I started to meditate on that. And my first reaction was, no, we do deserve your love because you created us, et cetera, et cetera. God, obviously. God, yes, God created us. And then I finally kind of got the point. It's like, no, there is deserving and love have nothing to do with each other. We neither deserve love or don't deserve love. Um because love doesn't have to do with deserving. It has to do with who the one who loves is and what the focus is of their love. And I think, actually, we could read a little bit out of 1 John 4, which Pastor Larry calls the love chapter. 
I know you made us all the look. Other love Actually, trap. The yeah. other. Well, he, he tricked us on Friday night at church. He. Um, I knew something was. We double churched this weekend. Anyway, we did. Friday we... night at church, he said everybody turned to the love chapter. So of course we all turned to First Corinthians chapter thirteen, mm-hmm. and then he he starts reading, and it's not First Corinthians chapter thirteen. It's First John four, and we're all like, he made a mistake, and he's like, nope, this is the love chapter from God. So it was yeah. really good. It was really good. That's so cool. yeah, let's go to like First John 4, and he, verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is one of the key statements is there are four nouns that are used with God of God is and love in the New Testament and God is love God is fire actually God is love is used twice God is spirit is it truth fire I already said fire light light God is light (laughs) and those are the only things where God uses a strict noun of saying God is there's lots of adjectives So where was I? God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son son, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but we love one another. God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. And it actually go it's actually keep going on there like God is love, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this way love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And then, boy, there's just more. We love because he first loved. You know, it goes on. It's all worth reading and all that. But uh, going back to that initial idea or characteristic is love is not a deserved thing. And I think what God's trying to express in this chapter is love is a fundamental nature of who God is. It's what he gives. It's so it's kind of intrinsic to his nature to love yeah. in fact it's not just his nature it is god is it's love him. Yeah. it is him mm-hmm. so what do you guys think about that idea that love is not a deserved thing well i think it's actually if you think about it that way it's actually very easy to understand especially like if you're married would you say like <laughs> My wife deserves my love or uh-huh. not, or do I deserve her love or not? And it's like, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's like, well, that's not how it works. Like, it's not either, like you said, it's not a deserving or not deserving because mm-hmm. we love each other regardless. And it's not a, oh, I, you know, deserving, you know, implies, you know, either an action or mm-hmm. some. Yeah. Something that is like, oh, I did this, so therefore I deserve that. You know, we sin, we, des- you know, we deserve death. You know, I do this, I do my job, I deserve my wages, you know. Mm-hmm. But that isn't really the case in a marriage or, you know, other family, parent, child, 
Any healthy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'd say in a healthy relationship, yeah. you never earn the love of another person? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think by nature that makes yeah. it not a healthy relationship. Right. So. Yeah, because yeah, I think yeah, what you were saying about that then brings works into it when we talk about deserving one way or the other, like as if I personally did something to not deserve God's love and then I did something to deserve God's love. Like mm-hmm. neither... Neither are true. Right. You don't do anything. Like, God just loves you. He lo- yeah. <laughs> and that's just how it is. <laughs> right. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the whole point of that chapter is it is his nature. He is love. Right. And then furthermore, as we are in him, what do we do? We love. And so I think part of the glory of God made manifest is as he loves us, so we love other people. Now, I think this, to me, this says, because um, part of what he talked about today, the what's your pastor, Jeff? That was the associate or pastor. So, yeah. his, his name is also Jeff. So a lot of Jeffs going on here at home church, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he had a good, uh, good sermon on Rachel and Leah and how Leah was loved by God. But she was not loved by Jacob. I got to make sure I'm saying the right guy here. (laughs) I got to think through my verses there. (laughs) So in the earthly sense, to Jacob, Leah was unlovable Mm -hmm. because he picked another wife. He really wanted Rachel. He wanted to marry her. And to be honest, he kind of got cheated out of that whole deal. And that was kind of a ripoff. And I can see why he'd be upset to work seven years for a wife. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you get the other wife. Now, would you like to work for me another seven years and I'll give you the one you asked for? Right. You know, that's so I can see there's a whole lot of issues in that guy, that whole thing they're going on. But it seems as though, and I've seen that you see this pattern multiple times, even in the Old Testament, where God steps in and says, I will love you. Mm-hmm. I will care for you. Yeah. You see the same thing with Hagar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, Abraham... And his wife, why can't I think of Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> I have named my daughter after her. Yeah, I got. This is definitely naphead here. <laughs> I got some naphead going on today. Different drugs now. Yeah. <laughs> so Abraham and Sarah were trying to have a baby. You know, they, Abraham was seventy-five years old. God came to him and said, "You know, you're going to have a child. I'm promising you all this inheritance and all this." But it didn't happen for some time. And so Abraham and Sarah come up with a good idea of, hey, maybe what God wants is for you to sleep with our maid, and that will be good, and we'll have a baby that way. And what they get from that is Ishmael. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though it was actually, uh, it's hard to say whether it was truly Sarah's idea, I mean, Sarah's the one in the in the narrative that says, hey, why don't you sleep with my maid and you can have a baby. Now, Abraham, if he was truly wise, would have said, yeah, let's not. That's not a good idea. But instead, he kind of went along with that. And so whoever's ultimately idea it was, it was not a good idea. But uh, Sarah gets buyer's remorse. After <laughs> she's pregnant and she sees this kid, it's like, hey, I don't like seeing this kid. And then eventually she has a a son of her own. Mm -hmm. And there's this dynamic and conflict between the two kids. So Mm -hmm. Sarah kicks out Hagar and says, hit the road. Mm -hmm. 
and Abraham kind of reluctantly is like, okay, I can see how this is going. All right, I have to send her away. Well, while she wanders in the desert heading out, God comes to her and says, no, you are still a child of promise because I've promised to care for you. And God loved her and cared Mm -hmm. for her. So there's a consistent pattern where God takes even what we would call unlovable mm. and yeah. says, I will bring love. Because why? Is it because they deserve it? No. So what's the fundamental characteristic of love is the one, I think, mm-hmm. who loves. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. opposed to a person being lovable. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like that's not even a, a thought to God. He just, mm-hmm. he just loves us because we, we are his. We mm-hmm. are his creation. I mean, he created us literally to love us. And so the idea that anyone is unlovable or undeserving of love, I don't know. Does that even like cross God's mind right. <laughs> when he looks at us? <laughs> I, I think this is something where um, we struggle with the thought of it because, I mean, people can only, we only can have so many connections in our mind of people that we actually know. It's like a couple hundred that's verifiable. You can only have so many relationships. And beyond that, you don't recognize, you almost don't recognize people as people per se. Mm -hmm. And I think we attribute that to God. And you're like, okay, yeah, God loves me. God loves my parents. God loves my friends. God loves whatever. But it's like, no, God loves everyone the same way, like unconditionally all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have a really hard time grasping that because we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so fact, we're just, yeah. so we just attribute, you know, our nature to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Larry talked about that once where my pet, our pastor, where he said, um, he was kind of bothered by, um, the fact in John 17, I think it is where it says, you know, as the father loves the son, so does he this he loves us mm-hmm. and basically saying god loves us as much as he loves jesus <clears throat> and he was bothered by that and kind of went to god and said hey how come how can you love me as much as you love the son yeah. and he said he felt like god gave him the answer back was because i only have one kind of love mm. i don't have a little love for this guy yeah. a bunch of love for that guy either yeah. i love mm-hmm. and that's what he has yeah. Well, and then how removed are we from our identities as children in Christ mm-hmm. and his beloved and his bride that we can't even, like, fathom that God loves us that much? Right. <laughs> right. So, which gives us a warped idea of what our understanding of love is yeah. and what God's God. love is. Yeah, especially God's love is that it's this conditional, do yeah. I merit it or deserve it or how mm-hmm. should I have it and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I I think for the most part, I guess obviously there's exceptions, but we, I think we assume God loves other people the same way I do. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, well God really loves Kaylee because she's my wife and that's how I love her. It's like, oh yeah, God loves my parents because they're them or my siblings or my grandma or my friends or whatever. But then it's like the neighbors. It's like, yeah, they're cool. And that's probably what God thinks. It's like, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> and then there's like other people I don't know. And it's like, I don't really oh. know that guy so much, but yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get like, and I think you just have that just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. God loves everybody. God loves these other people that I've never met. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. No big deal. But yeah, I think we just, again, we just assign our feelings towards people. And we're like, well, I feel this way. Therefore, 
mm-hmm. God feels this way about that person. Not that I don't think anybody would admit that or even say that they consciously think that, but I suspect that that's fairly common mm-hmm. as a subconscious thought. Mm-hmm. So you just were, used a nice word, feelings, there. Um, and I had just been thinking about, well, what does love enable us to do? So if God loves us, why does that matter? Mm. So what? Mm. So what that God loves us? Yeah. <clears throat> so then I was like, well, in my head, because I know that Dan loves me fully, I am fully released mm. to be free with him, trust him, yeah. have feelings for him, have very, very deep feelings, but also to live my best, live myself live freely as myself with him in mm-hmm. his presence about, around him in the same household mm-hmm. i can be completely full uh how do i say this i can be fully myself fully free to not hiding anything or oh i wonder what he thinks about this i better not do this around him kind of a thing and i mean it's taken us 30 almost 35 years to get to this level and it will continue to grow, I think, yeah. over the years, you know, and same with you guys. Yeah. Like there's stuff that as I uncover more and more and he uncovers more and more mm-hmm. of himself and you get to know yourselves more fully, when you're in a love relationship, you want to share that with the other person. Mm-hmm. You want to be with them and feel like you're um, free to be in union and community with that other person. Mm-hmm. So let's transfer that over to God. Mm-hmm. If God loves me, and if I love him, we are doing that together. Yeah. He is fully free. Because he loves me completely, he is fully free. Well, I'll say it this way first. He loves me, so I am fully free to be myself with him. Mm-hmm. And the more that I love him, the more he is free to reveal himself mm. to me. That's good. Yeah. So, not that he ever wants to withhold himself, but I think there is some correlation. If you think about somebody who um, has broken your trust, mm-hmm. and maybe it is somebody, I mean, to be honest, Dan has broken my trust and I've broken his trust over the years because mm-hmm. we're human, right. yeah. okay? So, but we committed ourselves to to stay married and to stay in love, mm-hmm. and so we had to rebuild at times. Mm-hmm. We had to rebuild that trust again. And I, why wouldn't it be the same with the Lord? Mm-hmm. He loves us completely unconditionally, but when I break trust with him, I think there is a, a there is space and time to build to rebuild mm-hmm. some of that trust. He doesn't just completely say, "Well, I'm going to keep giving you all that revelation." Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is a theory. Mm-hmm. I don't there's not I'm not saying this is doctrine. I'm just thinking through relationship. He is fully available to give us what he wants to give us in relationship. But when we aren't giving ourselves fully to him, he's not like a puppy and give me more, give me more, give me more. You know, he stays within the boundary that we've made with that broken trust to say, I'm ready when you're ready to enter into intimacy at different levels, depending on what our trust is. And maybe that's where we see people in different capacities knowing and loving God and why God maybe isn't as quote real in their lives Mm -hmm. or quote saved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because 
that trust isn't built mm. between them. What do you guys yeah. think of that? Wow. I think that's an awesome thing. But, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Because, and I mean, it can be obviously misconstrued that, oh, I made a mistake, therefore God is, you know, spitting on my haircut and won't talk to me. But I think what you're saying more carefully is I'm not prepared to handle at that moment. If I'm doing whatever that's this impingement or problem, I'm not prepared to receive what God has for me. And God's not going to give it if I'm not ready and appropriate to take what he has to give me. And it's not the, oh, I'm punishing you and you have, you're out of fellowship and I'm keeping stuff from you. It's Mm -hmm. you're not ready to receive the things that I have for you. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, seeing that in the right light, because one way can make it sound like, oh, you know, I've lost, I have to work my way back to God. The other is saying, I'm kind of an idiot, and it may take me a while to recalibrate and realize what's God doing, and am I trustworthy to take what he's giving me, and he will give it to me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it may take a moment to recover from something that I've done. And it's not just, poof, okay, I'm all better. Let's all do everything the same. It may be like, wow, there's some processing my brain may have to go through. There may be some stuff I have to rethink. There may be some stuff that happens. And even going back further to your comment on the trust issue, I was thinking about, and I won't name names or even try to imply somebody, but I think part of the trust issue is when we know that we are fully loved, we actually become less conscious of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think one of the downsides of being unloved is we're self-conscious. And when we're self-conscious, we're nervous, we think about ourselves, we think about how am I presenting myself to that person, how am I being received by that person, and we get in all the interpersonal politics because we don't believe we're loved. Mm -hmm. You go all the way back to the uh, garden at the fall, they believe they didn't know they were naked. Why? Because they had complete trust. Mm-hmm. So they weren't even aware of what nakedness of was a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It was just, this is what we are. We are us. Yeah. And then yeah. once that trust was broken, that fall happened, now it's suddenly, I'm conscious about who I am. I realize somebody else is looking at me. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Now I have to perform for that other person so I look good and all sorts of scary stuff happens because I don't believe that I'm loved anymore that's good Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and so that's and I think this goes back to the whole why is it important to know that Christ has taken away all our sins that he's paid all the price this whole thing we constantly harp on in grace is if I believe there's something God's holding back for me, that there's something that he is waiting on me to do, then I have to live my life in performance mode Mm -hmm. where I'm trying to perform for God rather than live out Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think then there's the... The rest, 
that comes with knowing that we're we're chosen mm-hmm. by him and I'm not talking about like chosen like you go yeah. to heaven you don't go to heaven I'm talking about that he yeah. he formed us and we cre- have a destiny yeah. yeah and he created us and he chose mm-hmm. us and so just like I that I have the same rest with my husband that he chose me mm-hmm. <laughs> to be married to and to spend the rest of um my life with him and it wasn't you know because of I mean I think it's a little bit different with humans like there are things our love is, is more conditional than than God's <laughs> um especially the further away that we get from God but like I didn't mm-hmm. do anything you know for God to choose me uh-huh um, and I don't need to continue to do anything either however I think like kind of what you were saying Becky is that there is that piece that it is a two-way relationship and so mm-hmm. god wants us to just like he pours into us for us to like pour into him which seems weird but like he wants to have that relationship he wants to talk with us he wants to reveal things to us like he wants to show us our destiny and if we're not can if we're not spending that time with him if we're not getting to know him and becoming more like him then it then he isn't can't reveal those things because we're not ready yet Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of what you were some of what you were saying becky yeah did you want to yeah my brain's going to a different place so let's um see ben (laughs) did you have anything any thoughts from from this little section here um no i want to hear what you want to say well um now i'm now i'm jumping into perichoresis Mm -hmm. And what does their relationship look like? Do they fully know each other? Do they fully trust each other? Is there revelation that they give to each other? Are they fully known for all of eternity or are they growing? To be in relationship, they have to be growing, right? Hence the question of open theism of, does God experience? I mean, even let's ask it, you know, without that scary version, even in the simpler version, does God enjoy the reciprocal of his love? In other words, when we come back and give God love back, does he enjoy that? You know, is he experienced that in time? And that has, I'll even say it, does that benefit God? Mm-hmm. And then yours is the even bigger version of that question. Does God actually experience God? Mm. Hmm. Does the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit experience something and gain something in that relationship? Well, I think it's time to cut this podcast off right now. <laughs> We've gone too far. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> this is the make. Sh- well, this is the kind of stuff that I think. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It well, is. It's it's a it's very weird, it's a very strange right. well, you know, thought. We read the book on open theism, and by no means do I even remotely espouse myself as an open theist. Open theism just says maybe the understanding of what um, of what omniscience is needs some better understanding because we're finite people trying to understand an infinite concept of omniscience of God and all that and. You get into philosophical box canyons like, well, if God knows everything, then actually if you think about it, then God cannot experience anything mm-hmm. because he can't see something happen because he already knows and everything's done and everything has all been seen. Therefore, 
he can't experience. He can't have emotions. He can't have something in time. And while I don't necessarily, and actually the whole idea of open theism is a pretty much an open box that's, they haven't, they're, it's, it's a new theory and there's so many different ideas on it, but the, but there's some great questions in there, which is, does God ever gain something? Does God ever learn something? Does God ever experience things? You know, and what does that look like? And I think the the philosophers, their theologians that are looking at that are just barely going, wow, I don't know. Because to me, it, it just asks, you know, I don't think they necessarily have any great answers, but it asks some really good questions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is, what's what's God getting out of this stuff right. mm-hmm. in this yeah. relationship? And well, the, I don't know. But. Yeah. Well, me and Kaylee were just talk, talking about that a little bit earlier today about that idea it's like well if god knows everything and or controls everything it's like then why do we pray yeah because if he knew everything and knew the outcome of everything then our prayers would have no effect and whether or not we prayed wouldn't matter because he knew we were going to do that anyway Mm -hmm. and so his decision is already made so if i pray you know if i pray and he does it well then that was just how it was but if i don't pray Mm -hmm. and he does or doesn't do it it doesn't matter because if I just never pray, then he never wanted me to do it in the first place, and he would still do what he wanted or didn't want to do the entire time. And right, <laughs> and it's right. very much. I don't know. I feel like it's really. It's almost like a. It's an intellectual idea. Yeah. When well, you it's just an intellectual box canyon. You you get stuck in these yeah. things where yeah, it's like well, yeah. If he knows every outcome of every decision ever, right. it's like then why. Yeah, yeah. Why do we pray? Why do we do anything? Like, who cares? You know, whatever yep. happens, happens. I just live my life and it's, everything's set before me. And if I, whatever right. I do has no effect on anything. Right. And, then predestination becomes nihilism. Nothing matters at some yeah, point. Yeah. I like, actually, this is a funny anecdote. Andrew Womack says is the one where uh, the people that yell at him the most are the very strong predestination. You know, you've mm-hmm. been chosen in advance. Mm-hmm. And he had some guy come to him and says, you know, you're a sinner and you're doing all this preaching that, you know, all this is not elected and predestined and stuff. And God has determined this all in advance that, you know, whatever. And Andrew's response was, well, if it's all determined in advance, then God must have wanted me to preach it because that's what I'm preaching. I can do it unless God wanted me to. Right. So you get stuck in that... uh, you know, if you don't have a choice or if there's no whatever, then what's does my choice have meaning? And there's a whole lot of really strange things you can get into there. Yeah. But anyways, there's Scary some question. great questions. Yeah. Oh, no, I just uh, off of that idea of choice. I think choice is really like what makes a relationship and mm-hmm. why God gave us the choice is because you can't be in a loving relationship without choice it then uh-huh. becomes an abusive and manipulative relationship or um, pointless even. or pointless relationship <laughs> yeah if the person you're in a relationship you're holding a gun to this person's head and like you're going to love me no matter what and they're like, okay yeah you're right <laughs> I, I sure am. do <laughs> I, I do sure love do. you you know and so the choice is what is what create puts us into that relationship with God and like in my head and I don't this is I'm not a theologian I'm very simple, but like I think that God created us because He wanted 
to be in because i mean he wanted that he has that unity with the holy spirit with with jesus he has that relationship and they wanted to share that because that's who they are because their Mm -hmm. love is overflowing and so i think that yes i think that god does experience joy and from us um being in that relationship and giving back into that relationship with him because otherwise like why would there be a choice for us if we Mm -hmm. couldn't choose him every you know just waking up every single day i choose you god like what would be the point he could just then just make us um you know just kind of like we wouldn't oh gosh baxter kruger was talking about about this what what is the word that i'm thinking of that we're that we're unit we're unified with him but we're also ourselves we're our own we're our own we're distinctive yes yes irreducible distinctiveness i think is what it's called um that Mm -hmm. baxter kruger talks about that we are that we are absolutely united with christ he's in us we're in him but we're also distinctly ourselves so that we can be in this dynamic relationship right yeah we've talked about that that's awesome because we've talked about that before where you know, we've talked, uh, you get the thing, the story people will say, you know, I have to become less and Christ has to become greater, which they misquote the context of that, which is John's ministry was ending. That's why he said, I must become less because <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm not in ministry anymore. Or at least I was, he did his job, he he did his job which was announcing very, Jesus. Yeah, so that was it. But we, we often say that in the, and this is based on your distinctiveness that I'll only truly be a great Christian when I've basically have disappeared Mm -hmm. and there's no me left and there's only Jesus. And it's like, no, Jesus wants us united with him. He wants the distinctive. And that's the whole point of perichoresis in relationship with God. It's not obliteration of personalities. True unity is there are distinctives that are brought together as one. Otherwise we get, and I'll say it again, is the other idea of our basically our eradication is essentially Christian Buddhism. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we become one with the universe and we disappear. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's not a biblical concept. It's no, we always retain mm-hmm. our distinctiveness and our personality. And true unity is when multiple personalities come together as one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what you get is sameness yeah. and monotony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not, unity is not sameness and right. i think that we get that confused especially like in the church like we right. all I, we talk, didn't we talk about this yeah, i think we did yeah. no. unity is not sameness <laughs> yeah that same idea we're still on that same topic yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. we may or may not say the same thing twice we reserve the right to repeat for emphasis so yes uh, were you gonna say something ben? no oh, okay <laughs> just amen yeah amen, <laughs> amen brother right and hey, I do want to invite those who uh, might feel uh, slighted by discussions of uh, predestination stuff. I I actually don't agree with any of the sides of the, so like even the Arminianist view. I don't agree with that, and I don't agree necessarily with open theism. And I think they all have, they all bring something to the table, but none of these things seem to really answer all the mail. Yeah, it seems like, and I I think there's an aspect there where. Yeah, we want to wrestle with these questions and we want to seek answers, but I don't think we're going to come to the boom. This is exactly how God works in the universe with, yeah. through, with all people. And so, you know, because Romans 8.28 says, you know, all things work together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, well, what does that mean? And it's like, well, God's doing something to work some stuff out. So he is involved in doing some things, but (laughs) I don't know how much and at what level and what that means, you know, but I can be assured in that, that God's doing something for my benefit. Right. And I think we should have confidence. Why? Let's wrap that all the way around. Why? Because he loves me. And he wants to, and true love is he has my interests in mind and wants to develop me, grow me, and see the good things in me because he loves. That's what love is. I mean, now go back to the 1 Corinthians 13 and go look at the definitions of love. Love is patient, love is kind, all those things there. Substitute God in all of those ones. That's what Mm -hmm. God is. It's his nature to nurture, to care, to be patient, to be kind, to be all. I can't remember all of the third chapter. All of those things. And what he's doing that for is so that we can become more like him. And so that we can be like him to others Mm -hmm. and bring that love into other people's lives. Let me just plug real quick because Dan pretty much just summarized the our service on Friday night, joylandlife.com. Um, Larry does a beautiful job this past Friday night on kind of expounding on that First Corinthians 13. And instead mm-hmm. of just using the word God, God is love, God is patient, God is kind, he uses a different... Uh, yeah different part of god and all of those Mm -hmm. and it just blew my mind the beautiful way that he presented that so joylandlife.com look at uh friday the may 20 what is today the 29th today is the 29th so the 27th watch the may 27th service on joylandlife.com it was you have to go to their facebook page to get those anyway you can find it uh it's really really beautiful yeah that's awesome um well i just was thinking about that as going back a minute but like we have you know there's so many different denominations and thought processes Mm -hmm. and things but it's like god deals with everyone differently Mm -hmm. and again i think sometimes we have a derivative view of god where god is like us but even then like everybody in my life i treat differently like Mm -hmm. Not in a bad way, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, your relationship with everyone is different, mm-hmm. right. and it's and for some reason we expect <laughs> it is, and we expect God somehow treats everyone the exact same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I treat everyone differently in how they need to be treated, <coughs> and it's like, well, that's kind of silly. Why would I? Right. Have why would I needs. then think God <laughs> doesn't do yeah. that even better than you know I can or anybody else can because He's God. Yeah. Yeah, well, he talks to everyone how they how they hear and how they need to be spoken to, and what captures mm-hmm. their attention and what they're interested in, and what you know what lights them up. And like he he talks mm-hmm. to them through those things. Yeah. God, was it you guys who were saying? I was listening to some podcast, but I think it was yours. But we're just saying it's like if you seek truth, you'll get to Jesus eventually. Maybe that was a different somebody. It's, Maybe it's somebody else, but. No. Okay. I, well, anyway, I, I don't disagree with that. Right. Well, but my thought process <laughs> is we had me and Kim have been talking about that, and there was a, another podcast I was listening to. It's a about it's like a metal and business podcast, but 
the guy who was being interviewed was like a Hare Krishna guy who was in mm-hmm. some hardcore band. And the way he was talking about it, it was like, you're literally describing God, just you don't realize that's who you're talking mm. about. And it's just, and as I, I don't know, to me, it seems like if you just keep going, eventually you'll realize the truth of who you're actually talking to. And it was, it kind of blew my mind. And, I, yeah. and it's not like everything's equal, but it's like, yeah, Jesus is trying to get everybody's attention how he can and what speaks to them. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of shocked me listening to the guy talk about it. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, Krishna is like this and like that. And I was like, this is literally, you're describing how Jesus is for the most part. And it's like, you're so close and you just, you shifted a little bit and you go get yeah. a little further and you realize, Oh, okay. This is the real truth. And this is the reality. Right. And it was just, I don't know. I just think it's, you can't just look and be like this person's so far off. It's like, if they're looking for the truth, they will run into Jesus eventually. Well, because Jesus yeah. is running towards them. Yeah. Jesus yeah. is, you know, Jesus is <laughs> so, pursuing them. <laughs> so unless you're running away faster than Jesus, he'll eventually get caught. <laughs> you know, this that that's a good point. I think one of the things I do want to reiterate is even when we criticize or critique certain ideas, our goal is never to damage or come against or say another denomination is bad. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is challenge it. I don't see I don't actually agree with pretty much of any denomination anywhere, but I think a lot of them bring a lot of great stuff to the table. And I think we grow most when even if it's the denomination we're in, we push all of our ideas and say, do I agree with this? And what does this really mean? And what does God want me to know about this? I think that's a good and healthy place to say, God, what do you really want me to know? Show me more of you. Because sometimes we write down doctrines and stuff just because we're trying to keep people from going too far one way. So we go put a wall the other way or something. And sometimes that's not a good wall that we put up or a good barrier or whatever. Sometimes they are good. and But the point is, are you continually searching for God and... Tr- Oops, excuse me. Trying to, <laughs> that was an interesting noise. And trying to really discover who he is and what he wants to have in relationship to you. And... I think those are very deep, deep things that will never plumb the depths of them. But they're fun to go look at. They're, they are of value to go explore and go test. Go test your doctrines that you have and say, what does this really mean? Is, is this consistent with what God's telling me or what he's shown me? I've had stuff since I was a child where my denomination, God basically told me as a kid, yeah, no, this is wrong. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, all right. And, you know, but I've got challenged to learn, well, why? You know, and I get to explore the word. I get to talk to God and find out why. What is it you really want me to know in this? And what do you want me to see? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we constantly want to do. And even people in other religions, we want to respect them. You know, we're not a universalist. Everything's all the way. But I think sometimes we go the harsh way and say, well, anybody of another religion has nothing to say Mm -hmm. and everything is evil and terrible. And it's like, no, 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 no. God's working in people in a lot of different ways. And we need to honor that, Mm -hmm. you know, and we need to learn to just go back to the beginning. Right. We need to love people and see what God wants us to share to truly love people. 
Yeah, so. I, I think there's a, there's something to being okay with with some mystery in <laughs> the relationship. And I don't mean the, like, God works in mysterious ways, because I hate that saying. But because it's usually <laughs> just a cop-out, and people are like, I don't know why that happened to you. Sorry, it sucks. But um, but I just, like, the, there's, there's mystery that we get to un- uncover. And maybe I'm, like, misquoting this verse, but we were talking about that the other day, Ben, that it's the glory. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, yeah. and the glory of kings and to it, seek it out. Yeah, and yeah. and so there's there's mystery in that, and I think that draws you to the relationship. I mean, in a, in a friend relationship or a marriage relationship you're constantly learning about each other um and i don't know that we ever like plumb the depths yeah. of each other completely i mean You'll you said 35 right. years later yeah yeah i mean i heck i don't even know my wife hardly in some ways but relatively speaking <laughs> and it's like so you think you got god figured out right <laughs> you yeah. know and it's like you're going to come up with a better, hopefully you're growing and getting better and better, like same with your spouse. Hopefully you're growing in that relationship, learning more about them and having more in trust. And hopefully you're growing with God and learning more and more about him and knowing him more and more deeply every day. Mm-hmm. And grow. I mean, don't worry and think, oh, do I have it all fixed? Do I have everything settled? I'll give you a hint. The answer is no. No. You don't have it all figured out. (laughs) Nobody ever has. Nobody ever will. Mm -hmm. But we get to keep exploring and keep knowing him. Why do we want to have it all figured out? Because we're people. That's our people. (laughs) people So that we can convince other people that we're right. (laughs) There's some wrong theology or some wrong thinking right there in my mind. Because I I think we are going to be exploring uh, us and God each other for eternity yeah that means he's exploring us for eternity and we're exploring him for eternity yeah that it's a little unsettling i'll give you that it's unsettling to think that we will never know everything Mm -hmm. Uh, but also when you can let go of those expectations that knowing stuff is what makes you human or knowing mm-hmm. the full the full comprehension of something is what brings satisfaction when you can and let go of that secure mm-hmm, when yeah. you can let go of that expectation that security and be open to i know i know some things and what i have mm-hmm. in me i can share with others mm-hmm. but then i am open to finding out what others have to say or or knowing them and and of course by knowing well. by me knowing Dan, I know God. By me knowing Benj, I know God. Yeah. By me knowing Kaylee, I know God. Yeah. By me knowing myself, I know God. Yeah. God is not other. God is here. Yes. God yes. we are in we are in his image. We are in his spirit. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. That well, there was a song that happened. I don't even remember. A couple of weeks ago, I can't even remember if it was at our church. I think it was at our church. And it's talked about when you walk into the room, everything changes, no. you know. When you walk into the room by Brian and Katie Torwald. Okay, okay. <laughs> and the thought came to my mind, well, 20 people just walked into this room. Mm. Everything changed because we all brought yeah. God with us into the room. That's so good. It's not just God coming into, the, I mean, it is God coming through us. Yeah. That's the whole gist mm. of yeah. creation. God yeah. presenting himself through people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so good. 
Wow, we could have another whole podcast on that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Next week. Next That's week. right. Part That's right. We'll be back in. Two is the Holy, yeah. Yeah, and so. <laughs> really yeah, quick. We, that's an interesting idea to me that for eternity we're going to be yeah. discovering more about God because I think there's this idea and it's probably not biblical but that we just get in our head that oh in heaven we'll know everything right you know there won't be any more questions we're all told you know. that yeah yeah but I, I don't actually know in the Bible where it says that and yeah. so that I think that's probably more on the right path that no we're going to be discovering more about each other and more about God and more about our destinies right now we'll have it eternity. all figured out. And it's just, <laughs> and then we'll, figure then it we'll out. just sit there and go, oh. uh, that, The verse that I always taught was taught was mm-hmm. that we'll be like Christ because we will see him like he is. Oh. And so the leap was, well, Christ knows everything, so we will know everything. Mm-hmm. That's how it was for, for me okay. and my teaching. But I'm becoming more and more convinced that knowing everything doesn't mean knowing all the timeline facts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Christ is fully known in his characteristics. Mm-hmm. And that's where we will be like, oh, I do know how to love unconditionally. Yeah. I do know how to have perfect peace. Yeah. To me, that's what it will be like to be like Christ in mm-hmm. heaven. But not that I will have experienced everything. Right. And right. will have nothing left to experience. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's so yeah. good. Me and Kayla were just talking about this the other day. And I, I theorize... I have not very much basis for this, but I think heaven will be a lot more like earth mm-hmm. than we think. Probably. And I think it's going to be a lot, it'll, it'll obviously be better in every way because we won't be on an earth that's scarred by sin. But I think it's probably going to look a lot more like here than just, oh, we're in the clouds and there's streets of gold, which is, you know, the streets of gold is true, but I don't know, just like, and just kind of be idle and know over there is the praise service and, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, yeah. I think there will be a lot more going on. A lot more life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we've, like we will recognize it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, life I, as we know it. I agree with you. Um, I, that's why there's a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. Not a new Mars. Yeah. <laughs> right. A new earth. Yeah. yeah. It's still yeah. going to be earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's still going to be heaven. Right. So I agree with you. Yeah. Let's close this out with just a reminder there. John 4.17 says, because, First John 4.17 says, because in this world we are like him. Mm-hmm. And the Greek there is pretty heavy on the like him part. So guess what? We're like Jesus right, right now. Right now. So let's go love this week, and it was really awesome being here for. Uh, gosh, this is a long episode today. We're going for we're going minutes. for a record, oh, yeah, wow. here. But uh, if you want to talk to us, uh, send us an email at podcast at grace You can go log in there at grace Please subscribe, and you'll get updates. We don't don't spam you and all that kind of junk. Or you can go see us at all the regular social media sites, except TikTok, because that's evil. No. (laughs) (laughs) At True Grace World. (laughs) Just for that, I'm going to get a TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your phone will really quit working after that. Yeah. So anyways, did I cover all of them? And you call us at 833-85-GRACE. It's been a blast being here, and we hope to hear from you.
Bye, guys. We love you. Bye. Outro. Yeah, we got to do Thanks outro music. Thanks for having music. us, guys. And just fade your tuner. There you go. There you go.